At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Alexei Lumna is essentially the voice behind the person behind Blood Origins Finland. But Alexei has dived extremely deeply into the wolf issues in Finland, yes. Finland, France, Norway, Spain, Germany, all have wolf issues. And when you dive into it, you'll find that they are very similar to what we are encountering here in the US. Essentially, the timeline of all of these wolf conflicts are exactly the same. And each of these countries happen to just be at different time segments along this broader timeline of wolf management. Alexei has a deep-seated uh, ideology tied to wolves and has been investigating it in Finland for the last oh, 12 to 18 months. And so I wanted to have him on to have a very deep dive discussion about wolf management in Finland and how that almost resonates globally with this idea of wolves and wolf management in many different societies around the world. Are you sitting in a closet? 
And uh, it's a children's room, but we're like drying laundry in the roof because, you know, it's a small apartment and we don't want to have that like thingy on the living room. So we're here. It's such an amazing dichotomy, right? When uh, I remember being in Germany and Austria and Denmark, specifically Denmark, it was my latest opportunity to be in Europe with David maybe three years ago. Mm -hmm. How the apartment living is just it's european right yeah. it's just not something that here is in his america it's all houses right houses mm -hmm. and big mm -hmm. lots and stuff it's it's houses in the countryside here too but like the housing or the apartment prices in helsinki are so like ridiculous that we are gonna have to like figure our way around that i don't have a i can't afford the space that i need you need to tell your wife that uh, we're going to become nomads. Ah, yeah. Live out in the yeah, countryside yeah. of Finland. Definitely. You've got so much land in Finland. Come on. I'm, I'm working on it. Trust me. <laughs> so tell me, um, how many memes did you get of <laughs> this, this incredible Finnish individual that decided to chop an ice, uh, a hole in the ice and with an axe lower himself with an axe and lower himself into it and um what did you have wine or a beer no that's whiskey whiskey obviously oh obviously. even better man that yeah. even makes you more of a man i don't know some might some might think that i'm compensating something with the photo but yeah so we're we're talking about the f photo that i have put up in instagram but it's actually like a, it's not a recent one it's it's the a photo that i took a couple of years ago with my wife when we were we were still dating and we wanted to make something cool out of it and i think that it turned turned out pretty pretty good so if you, you want to take a look at really, it you you made some really cool photographs back then your wife had just given birth and she was in this like huge camo suit and Oh, yeah, like her photographs of her breastfeeding and mm. yeah that's a, that's like a hobby of ours like she she's quite an artist like working as an architect and it's actually like how we met originally like she asked me to to teach her something about like editing photo photographs i've been doing photography for quite a while at that time so that's what brought us together so we've, we've been having this kind of like joint projects amazing not, not amazing. that many lately because like the life is quite busy with two kids now but but we're still still getting it on have you fixed that problem or you're still gonna have multiple kids after these two i think i'm done she's not we'll have to settle that that one too so <laughs> well alexi lumna uh welcome to the blood origins podcast welcome back my friend thank you great to great to be here again it's amazing how far we've come already. Huh? I know. Uh, since we first talked. Yeah, it's. A, I don't know. The, the last few years are are all a blur. But but I think it was a year and a half ago, or two years ago, when I when I sent you a message that I like your stuff. Like, should we do something together? I still do. Hell yeah, I still like your stuff, my friend, and I'm a huge fan of yours. And thank you for leading the charge in Blood Origins, Finland. You are our man on the ground in Finland uh, with big, big, big plans. Yeah, I think you think something needs to be done to to like survive this this uh, discussion culture that we have in the in internet like everywhere. It's the same in Finland too. So so I really want to be a part of of something, something positive. Something that that has like some sort of positive effect on on Finnish hunting culture and and maybe like global hunting culture if if possible.
So just for some context, before we dive into the topic that we are going to discuss, which is a controversial topic worldwide, mm-hmm. um, give us a little bit of context to Finnish hunting culture. Is it something that is hunting is something that is deeply ingrained in Finnish people in Finnish culture? Just mm-hmm. give us some context. Well, it's a like Nordic Nordic country cold most of the year pretty rough uh place to like settle back in the like beginning of time so yeah i did it originally obviously has been in like hunter hunter gatherer culture and actually like it has been that until quite recently so so like almost like 50 years ago i think there were still quite many people that relied on on hunting not as a like hunter gatherer as, as your like image might be but but as a like a part of ag- agriculture maybe so so hunting has been a reliable source of meat for for people like as long as they've been living here like the the game that was living in in this area brought people here that's mm-hmm. that's the origin mm-hmm. origin story of of finland and slowly, of course, as is the case everywhere, we've like started to live in the cities. It's that development is also quite recent in, in Finland. So, well, maybe like 50, 60 years, we've been like moving into cities mostly, and that has had the same effect to to hunting culture that it has everywhere. So, there are more people that that haven't had the chance to get in touch with hunting, and uh, recently like again at the same time when the development has turned people into cities maybe the hunting culture turned in inwards i think this is a mm. thing that happened mm. has happened elsewhere too but but here it became kind of closed and these like moose hunting groups that are have been the backbone of, of finnish like hunting clubs for 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 the for the last fifty years, they didn't like open themselves for new people. So it was right. it was it was very hard to get familiar with hunting. So I think that we, we we're now seeing the development that that has started, but but the tide has turned. I think that this kind of mm, stagnant period of 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 Finnish hunting culture has turned into something new. Now that people are living in the cities and people like me have like grown tired of of like modern hectic life and are looking for something more original, something more like real, some connection to the food that they eat, there has been a new uh, interest in hunting here. And the problem now is that they, obviously the hunting grounds are somewhere else than than in the cities and and. We are slowly opening up the clubs, and slowly they are starting to invite more people in and and let more people to to see what this all is about. And I so guess the barrier like, of entry to hunting, you say, is you know used to be quite difficult, essentially, like it is in America. But now you're seeing a little bit of a crack in the door. People are starting to exactly, exactly, mm. yeah. I think that it is because, like originally, it was like from the father to the sun kind of like transfer so when you were living in the countryside and there wasn't much else to do it was automatic so the hunters didn't have to think about things like like recruitment or or getting new people in it kind of happened automatically but now that that sons are uh moving to cities and 
and uh, hunters started to realize that oh oh their daughters might have been interested in hunting too there's there's necessary change that is is now now happening on that do you um is there some do you, are you familiar with any surveys in finland of mm-hmm. um thoughts to hunting is yep. hunting considered something that is um is good like do the majority of Finnish people agree with hunting for meat has somebody done that kind of uh, research or surveying yeah they they have and they have like uh, they've done surveys on uh, in 86 94 2004 and 2013 i think there was even more recent ones somewhere but at least like there are those studies and the kind of the surprising thing is that the the um the the people are uh, seeing hunting more positively as time goes by and that's that's kind of a that's a, that's a bit of a contra, contradictory uh, result to what you might intuitively think exactly like like, like you would think that now the people are, f- are far removed from from hunting that they would start right. to disagree with it more but that's not what the studies say they say that it is more acceptable i think that the last study said that i think two percent of Finnish or the other people that were participating in the survey uh, thought that hunt, that they see hunting as a very negative thing. Uh, 8%, really? 2%? 2%, yeah. Uh, 8% saw that that it's somewhat uh, somewhat negative and the rest was uh, neutral or, or positive. So, you, need to send us that, you need to send us that article. I will. We'll I make an infographic will. about it. I definitely will. Gonna have to do some that translation. Is... It's in Finnish, but but yeah, that is that that that. that what you don't trust to my too. you don't trust my Finnish. Uh, well, let's I don't see. know. I don't know. We we could we can turn this discussion into Finnish and see how it is, so the <laughs> so the listeners can get a get a taste too. So. Oh man, no, that's a that's outstanding. It's mm-hmm. um, it's a bright light in today's society that uh, yeah that we constantly have this. We have this thing in America right now, and it, and it's valid. I'm not going to say it's invalid, but mm-hmm. there's a little, a lot more credence being given to social values, social mm-hmm. discussion around hunting versus the use of science to mm-hmm. determine whether it's legitimate or not. And I get it, right? You you have to have social acceptance in our society uh, for things to happen, um, but science is being left by the wayside. So it's you know, studies like that, surveys like that are incredible tools, mm-hmm. incredible pieces of information mm-hmm. to validate that social acceptance of sun, of hunting. Yeah, I guess like what's what's also happening uh, is a, we found a term called like, I think it was pluralistic ignorance that's going on. Do you know the term? Like, do you know what, what it's about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea is that um, when there's a vocal minority, trying to convey something it might it might very well be that the majority starts to think that that minority opinion actually is a majority and they turn their own thinking towards they, they started even though they would privately even even though my majority would privately think that that's not the case like it's it sounds weird to me they still believe that they're alone with these thoughts and they therefore start to think that this minority actually is majority and i think that's that that's going on with hunting in finland at least and i believe that it's it's a broader topic so so the vocal minority is so violently against hunting that two percent is so so uh it, it sees hunting so uh, like such in, in such a negative light that they 
they are they are a lot more vocal about it than anyone anyone else, and that may turn the majority to think that okay, this might be a general general thing. I actually thought when I started hunting that 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 people in Finland now take it negatively, but that's not true. It's like I haven't encountered that apart from like some social media sites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. So the reason I wanted to that you know. Obviously, for 12 minutes now, we've been talking about not the topic that I want to talk about, which is yeah. great. It's amazing. Um, the reason I wanted to have you on is because one of the most controversial topics in the world mm-hmm. when it comes to wildlife uh, management as well as hunting is this uh, this beautiful thing called the wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people think that the wolf issues are a purely North American issue. <laughs> but it extends it extends globally, and Spain yes. is having some wolf issues. But Finland itself has had a significant uh, increase in its wolf populations and some significant interactions therein. Mm-hmm. And um, Alexi, you decided that you wanted to take this on, like essentially, you know, put a hammer to the nail in mm-hmm. Finland, and you dedicated an entire podcast series. Mm-hmm to the wolf itself and the discussion and debate of the wolf itself. Um, so I, I guess, let me just, again, set up the context for us in terms of wolves in Finland, and then I want to prod and poke about what essentially you found. Yeah, sure thing. Um, the wolf population was quite strong until the like uh, 19th century, so 18, 18th. And when you say strong, are we talking... What what population? Thousands, thousands. Not like I don't have the exact numbers here, but it was a it was a thing that people were were living with and fighting fighting against on a on a like regular basis. It was a problem for agriculture, and it was a hated animal. Then, so it was uh, originally or when there was a strong wolf population in Finland, it was still in a different position than the, for example, bears that didn't did or, or they did. Uh, awaken these more positive feelings, this kind of like king of the forest respect and all that. But wolves, for some reason that that the uh, research hasn't been fully able to identify, the wolf has always been like like the the um, crook of the story. The the I mean, they they've always been been the hated hated one. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. And the the problems got like big on eighteen eighty eighty I think when there was uh, like th- there was twenty twenty two confirmed child kills by by wolf so that there was twenty two like, confirmed child kills in the early 80s, yeah, late eighteen yes. hundreds yes exactly and those were uh, the those are some people are still like like debating or they they try to they d- deny that they, they ever happened but but like as far as like the history goes or as far as you can like investigate history those are like the confirmed cases confirmed from multiple sources and 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 there are like enough proof that they they did happen it was most likely it was in on a small area, so it was most likely one wolf pack that did did all this. But what happened in Finland then was that they rose like, like na- national interest or national uh, we need to do something kind of attitude mm-hmm. where where the government issued uh, 
bounties on on wolves or increased bounties on wolves they they got uh, russian wolf hunters to help with the issue so the, so that the wolves wolves could be could be called or or like killed get to get rid of them and with huge like great effort the end result was that that uh, wolf got practically extinct in Finland. There was like only like individual wolves. Very, very wolves akin there. to the North American situation. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. that's pretty much the case everywhere. And uh, things were uh, wolf was a a pest. Basically, it was a kill on site kind of animal for for most of the of the twentieth century. And in 1917s, the attitude started to change. The the uh, this kind of animal uh, rights activism got rise, and, and some people started to question this this attitude. And that's the that's the root root of the of the current situation, also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from that date, the the next big change happened in 1995 when Finland joined EU and tried to negotiate what kind of uh, rules are there in Finnish area for um, wolf management and. Uh, we have like two areas now based on those discussions we have the reindeer area which has a lighter protection and then the rest of the finland which is in which a wolf is a, is a strictly protected species so after that uh, the the population started to slowly rise and uh, the encounters with wolves the problems with wolves also started to to rise also but since the legislation was very strict there, like Finland, didn't have an opportunity to do, do decisions ourselves mm. on what we we're going to do. With them it was they were dictated by the by the EU. There has been a few uh, calling periods where where part of the population has been called, but those have been like very strongly criticized, and they have been. Uh, I think that there are also like decisions from the EU court that they were illegal according to to. EU legislation. So you could essentially think of the EU like the federal government of the US That's and Finland being it, essentially yeah. a state, right? Yeah. It's, it's exactly it. the same model as here, the federal exactly. government telling the states how they need to manage their resources and yeah. the states yeah. are dealing with the resources but don't have the uh, don't have the authority to manage them. And let me just guess that this this is not very well well received in the in the US states either like that that like someone else trying to force you to to like deal with your own business in a way that you that you're not able to affect i mean that that gave, gives people oh, quite a lot the of agricultural sector yeah. you know for and, sure absolutely and, and hunters because like the one thing that i wanted to mention in the, in this like finnish hunting culture is that that hunting dogs have a very big role in in here and we have a lot of like like um, i wouldn't say wilderness area because it's it's like um, the forest that we have goes to to forest industry most likely so it's not exactly wild but but it's very like thick so we don't have like wild wide open spaces here uh, in the right, southern right. so dogs are super important in in hunting here and especially the kind of dogs that that work far from from the hunters and those dogs obviously are in in danger when there are like wolves in the area so yeah, agriculture and hunters are are against wolves. But you also mentioned that that the 
there's an idea that this is only like local issue or this is North Northern American issue or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. But that's that's the funny thing that I've that I discovered quite soon when I was doing the podcast is that that almost every country that that has a wolf issue thinks that it's it's individual issue to to their country. That's one of the wow. mantras. That and there's there's been studies of that too, where they studied Norwegian uh, situation and French situation, and both countries had the same story that our hunters or uh, uh, farmers are worse than others. Everyone else gets along with wolves, and we are the bad ones on that one. But that's not true. Like the problems that wolves cause and the problems that people cause are similar everywhere so so mm. it seems to me that wolves they they press some primal button in in people it touches something so deep that it's the the reactions are pretty much same everywhere if you punch a person in finland and if you punch a person in 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 united states you are going to get somewhat like predictable results it's the same <laughs> thing so uh you know better than me Wolves are are I don't know how much research I'm think you should. Wolves are in Spain, mm-hmm. Germany. You said they're in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in Norway. Yeah, Poland. I uh, yeah, definitely there. But I I took I, I focused very much on like the Finnish situation. I know like the international situation. But I don't know the exact numbers, but 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 yeah, it, they are since they are a protected species in all of like Europe, where they have originally lived, which is pretty much all of Europe. Uh, so so they are spreading like everywhere. And, and in some countries, the, the uh, population is, is quite strong. For example, one of the one of the mantras is that, that why is it that there's so much more? I think that there are some thousand full wolves in, in Italy. And mm. th- that, then there's a, a, like an, another mantra is that, why is it that the Italians get along? With, with wolves, even though there's a lot lot more of them than there are of, of Finnish people, and they have a lot more wolves. We have uh, some three to three to four hundred, three to five hundred wolves here in Finland. So much to, to, to today. So so not that big a population compared to Italy, for example. So intuitively, you would think that that the problem is ours. Like there's not many people, but but usually people ignore the the demographics or the or the or the way where and and how people live. There isn't the kind of wilderness in Finland that there are in in Alps, for example. So these kind of differences make like or explain the 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 amount of of wolves that are able to live somewhere without. People direction, yeah, exactly, exactly, and and the Finnish mentality. I think I don't know if if you know anything about it or or the listeners know anything about it, but we are seen as quite uh, alone. These we're not like the the party goers of 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 the world. If 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 that's the stereotype, we like to live like in our with our own like selves. We have to have this personal space. Let's just say that, and that also means that there are. Uh, habitat are basically like everywhere we like it, there aren't any places where people wouldn't live and that means that there aren't any places for the wolf to live without human mm. interaction and that's what the, that's mm. where the problem is is coming from Especially spread out on the landscape yeah. you know even though even though finland has a ton of land and a ton yeah. of forests yeah, yeah. there's also humans scattered all the way throughout it exactly that's the case that's so it. what did you um through your podcasting sort of journey 
what are some of the take-home messages that you found as it came to the sort of acceptance of wolves mm. or the lack of acceptance of wolves between different sectors of society? Um, I think it like what I what I mostly learned about was about the nature of the of the conflict itself. Like the the answers or or the like the scientific questions of of how many wolves are there and all that they're fairly simple because you can like study that. But the, but because the wolf conflict is mostly between humans, that's what makes things difficult. So so when it comes to acceptance, for example, there the one of the big problems. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. That is an interesting statement. I don't want to make sure we. I, I want to mm -hmm. make sure we hammer it. The wolf conflict is is mainly between humans. In 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 this, of course, like the the wolf has a role in it, but the conflict part is made up by humans and and humans with different like moral foundations. So it seems to me. It's, it, it seems clear to me now that there are like. People or people have different kind of like moral foundations, and this this might sound that 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 some people have bad morals and some people have good morals, but obviously that's it's more complicated than that. I'm I'm a big fan of of uh, Jonathan Hyde's 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 moral foundations theory, where they where they found out that there are like five or six different moral foundations that dif different people view differently. There, those are like some people uh, base their moral on care and fairness, for example, they are they want to protect, they want to take care of the weak, they want that their their, their treatment is fair, and uh, some people uh, address all six moral foundations, which which include like authority, sanctity, loyalty, and and liberty also, and one when people look at the same issue from different moral foundations, they make immediate like decisions on what's what's right and wrong. And they don't see that other people's like right and wrong are based on a little different moral foundations mm -hmm. that there are, and that puts us like that pits us against each other, and that turns yeah. the thing into like a high conflict. It's a it's a, like a tar pit that sucks us in, and and it kind of has it, it it takes the meaning it takes life of, of its own. We're not like a, when when we are talking about wolves between. Like people, we're not actually talking about wolves most of the time. It we're talking about like some some other needs. We are talking about us versus them situation where we have to fight against the bad people, and that's that's that that became like very clear to me. So the situation might seem as a simple uh, human versus animal kind of situation, but once you get to look at it, the conflict has clearly people in it who have gotten sucked into the high conflict and are unable to get out and that's that's the like somewhat complex but the but the truth of, mm. the, of the issue it's a very fascinating piece right because as you said this wolf inherently when you dig down to the root of it mm -hmm. it elicits this, as you said, this this foundational morality mm -hmm. that we either what we and well, and it sort of exposes what we truly believe in, and it, and it's putting that against one another. Um, and again, it's just using the wolf as the as the mechanism to 
explore those moralities. And it's almost, you can see why it's the most controversial thing out there. Yeah. Because it's the biggest thing that we have as humans. Mm -hmm. We are, we are inclined to, to this kind of us versus them situations where that's, that's a human characteristic. That's what we are. And when we see a wolf, we either see it as a, a weaker animal or weaker being, not even an animal, a living being that we want to like protect and that is attacked by them. Or we see wolf as a threat to our our lifestyle. Or we see it as a threat to our like very being and we want to protect our own pact. We want to protect our families, our livelihoods, so we want to like protect everything that's that, that makes us. And then if there's this someone some other them who want to protect the wolf, they are then against us. And once we like we don't see this this underlying like understory here that 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 this is what's what's happening. If we don't respect that, that turns things like really ugly. And once the the needs that the these like different points of view views have don't get heard, people like shout them louder mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and as this like non-listening goes forward the the pressure rises and the, yep. the shouting rises and finally it kind of detaches from reality like then it's just like them is just a caricature caricature that doesn't it doesn't like it, it isn't true anymore like you're very familiar with the with the threats that that people throw against hunters or or, sure, the, sure. or the descriptions of hunters that, sure. that they see which are completely like out of touch yeah, with reality yeah they've and, moved away from that central point because it's it's been lost in the argument for so long exactly it, as you said it's been detracted from reality exactly and the same thing like us hunters like very often are are very like prone to to make this same kind of enemy of the greens or the or the antis or what whatever like it's very easy to start building a like incredible pictures of them which also tend to be out of touch with reality and one, once we're like fighting these like strong men there not much is going to come out of that mm-hmm. but that's so that's, what's the future yeah. Alexi? what's the future in for for wolves in finland where are you right now in terms of does Finland have state control over wolves? Is it still sort of resting in the EU right now? Well, it's it's resting in the EU as, as it always is. But now, now when the when the uh, population has risen uh, into three hundreds, four hundred. Yeah, didn't I see something around along the lines of um, certain regions in Finland are now have an, a, an, a quota for wolf hunting? That's that's the that's the situation like this this year there was a uh, we have this like legislation petition system where where like normal citizens can start a petition that the that the government has to take into account and the last year the petition to start uh, this licensed or or like wolf calling went through and the uh, the government did the necessary arrangements on how this could be arranged 
so that it's not against EU law. And now they've uh, granted 18, so, uh, or uh, yeah, I think it was 18 uh, permits for for certain areas. And the, the idea is that they are going to remove like whole packs, like of four, I think, from multiple areas. And those permits have been dealt for, for areas which are seemed to suffer from the from the wolf problem the most and they mm. there are like two reasons for that they've, they've discovered that if there are wolves that have learned how to eat from uh, farms or or they've learned to attack wolves there's no way to stop that attack at dogs you mean yeah attack dogs yeah yeah that's important uh, the the only way to stop that is to remove the whole like pack once like as long as the 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 like alpha pair is there to teach the cubs that this is the way to hunt it's going to continue so removing the whole pack is necessary to to remove that problem and also the number of these like permits are is quite low since it is necessary for finland to be able to prove to eu that this hunting doesn't endanger the development of the species right. like right. forward so we are not able to and uh, we're not going to like diminish the number of wolves. We are just like basically trying to grow them in a more controlled way. So that's the current mm-hmm. situation from the from the government point of view. And obviously, like this connected with this this like identity conflict and connected with the mistrust that that the parties have between each each other. The conservation uh, in, in, when it comes to conservation and hunting many people are furious about this like many people are like considering this is as a crime against nature to permit this kind of uh, hunting for for a species that uh, is still develop developing on on healthy levels mm-hmm. from from biological mm-hmm. point of view the um you i, I didn't establish this in the beginning but i think it's 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 um, a given, but let's establish it. You are a hunter, right, Alexi? Yeah. Would you like to hunt on a landscape with wolves or without wolves? It's a kind of difficult question. It's not a difficult question. It's a yes/no question, Alexi. Come on. I would say I would say I would decide for yes in this one, since it is an animal on which which like belongs to the ecosystem. It has a role here. And also, like I, I'm, I'm aware of it that if there's no like control of wolves, if they are not hunted at all, if there's no hunting pressure to them, I am afraid of what that's going to do for like hunting possibilities. I'm not worried about the the game numbers, for example. So I don't see them as a like a competition for hunters in mm-hmm. that aspect. But I do think that. Being able to hunt safely with dogs does require some like hunting pressure. So, so I would, I guess, my answer is with wolves in an environment where the, where there's some sort of like control or or hunting pressure directed towards wolves. I guess that's my my answer there. If we had asked the same thing of a Wyoming hunter or a Montana hunter, they would say probably the same thing that you just said. I think most we like wolves on the landscape. They're a part of the landscape, but they need to be managed, just like every other piece of wildlife on the landscape. Mm. 
that's that's my point of view after after looking into into all sides of of the issues and of course one might say that since i am a hunter i'm i'm like not free from all biases but i don't think that anyone anyone is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no it's just fascinating to it's fascinating to see the corollaries between finland and the u.s mm-hmm. and yeah you know everyone thinks that you live in your bubble right the u.s mm-hmm. lives exactly. in a bubble of wolf issues and yeah. state management issues state resource issues living with wolves living without wolves mm-hmm. and essentially this conversation has mirrored exactly the wolf conflict wolf issues uh, that are happening in the u.s and if we had the same conversation with someone in germany or someone in france mm-hmm. or someone in norway they'd probably say exactly the same thing that we've said for the last 30 minutes i i, I believe so there is one one uh, like factor here that needs to be taken into account and that's the the the, uh, the status of the of the conflict or or the timeline of the of the issue since it, that that the timeline seems to be very similar in in all countries but different countries are on different points of that timeline mm. so in in finland we've we've been dealing with wolves at the last like 100 years and for the last uh, 50 or so years like more actively so the so the situation has developed for a for a long time we are like further down the timeline than for example some parts of of germany are or the, right, right. Or, or the spread of of wolves in in Denmark, for example, it's a it's a more recent recent thing than than it is in Finland. So if you if you compare the uh, Denmark and Finland today, there are more similarities than differences. But one difference there is, and that's that's the timeline and, and how long the situation has developed, and and also it has something to do with the, with the general like uh, polarization of of like the 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 culture and politics in in general because i think that that's also one one difference that that finland and and the states might have since since at least looking from finnish perspective the the, the situation in discussion and the conversations in the, in the states seem like really really polarized even even compared mm-hmm. to to ours so so how far down the polarization line is one, one difference also but the, but there are very much more similarities than differences well i hope that uh, countries that are dealing with wolves you know look at countries like finland and the us and see the trajectories and maybe evaluate the good and the bad and exactly you know put in place uh, things that uh, make it a little bit more amicable across the board for people to engage in, in wolf management mm-hmm. um, regardless though it's going to be controversial it is, yeah. As you said, it is tied back to our, what you say, our morality, our moral foundations. Exactly. And uh, as a human. Um, so I think there's always going to be conflict. Well, my man, go ahead. I was to one one thing. That's true. But the question is whether it's that that's going to be a good conflict or high conflict. And the high conflict mm-hmm. we need to avoid. Good conflict is, is healthy. Like uh-huh. ability to put different points of view against each other and like get forward that's good that's there's nothing wrong with that high conflict is the one that we want to avoid agreed totally agreed my man well um i appreciate you jumping on man i think that this has been fascinating i think people get you know what i love about this podcast is people get insights from all over the world of people in in hunting and different topics that have hot button issues and the wolf is certainly the most hot button issue that we have in wildlife. Um, so I appreciate you, Alexi. 
appreciate what you do for us in, in Finland. Um, and uh, tell everybody where they can find you, even though they may not be able to read everything that you produce because you write it in Finnish. But my, uh, my Instagram is actually like mostly in, in English, so so you can find it with the Plexi P L E K S I. So Plexi at Plexi. Yeah, exactly. The and there's a D there because there's some some imposter Plexi there also without the without the. <laughs> Damn that imposter! I know, I know. Yeah, but that's the that's the easiest place to find me. And if you are listening this from Finland, obviously, like Blood Origins Finland, in in Facebook is a page that you should definitely join. And if internationally, Blood Origins. Absolutely, Alexi, you're the man. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.